You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. If you want to find me on Twitter, you can hit me at Ryan Dangle. That's D-E-N-G-E-L. Logan Bradley could not join us, but if you want to get him on Twitter, that's at Bear Down Bradley. Patrick Sheldon could also not join us. Uh, he made it to the game today, but will not be joining us, unfortunately. You can read his stuff on DeWitty City as part of the Fan Sided Network. Find him on Twitter at P underscore Shells. Brennan Chagru, the assistant editor of Bears Wire at Brennan Chagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. Also could not be here. Jack, it is you and me, just the two of us starting this thing up. We may... We may have another guest joining us. We uh, are waiting on their schedule to work out, so we won't say anything just yet. Um, so, dude, Bears lost another heartbreaking game. How are you feeling, dude? Frustrated for sure. I think that one was that was bad. Back to back losses to you know the Lions uh, and then the Falcons. Just it just doesn't sit very well, especially since they are close. And I think both games were were winnable. And I think because we saw a lot of regression today, that was frustrating. Would you think? Yeah. So, dude, I, I I know we're kind of all on this, like, hey, they've got better draft position. We're all on the, like, this is development. This is taking time. But to some extent, man, like, this is just, it's deflating. To be in close games and lose over and over and over again, It's it's not fun. You know, like we we are trying as hard as we can, I think, to be objective about all of this. But at the same time, we're fans like we got into this whole thing because we're Bears fans and watching a team lose. And I the end of this game, I was actually mad. Like I actually stood up and yelled at my TV for the first time all season long. I think it was looking at some specifics, especially they, they've they've led in 10 of 11 games this year and they're three and eight early on. The idea that Flus was developing the team, uh, you know, the the idea of them being a well-coached team, I think, was a, a bit of a elixir for being frustrated and sad. My concern now is that now you're looking at 16 penalties in the last two games. There was seven penalties today for 56 yards. Now there's an asterisk there, which we'll we'll talk about. You're seeing specifically what worried me today on the defense if he's a defensive coach and again this is all on we know that the roster is anemic but i was looking today what i saw today specifically on defense was was edge players like or you call them force players guys on defense whose job it is to turn the ball carrier back into the middle of the field i saw them do their jobs repeatedly and then i saw no interior pursuit the idea if the defense is working well is that those force players force the action back inside, and then there's a wave, two, three, more, you know, guys that are pursuing the ball that just destroy that back, that wide receiver, that quarterback, when they cut back. That 
it was alarming to me. It, the penalties, alarming. Poor tackling, alarming. The confusion on the fourth and one play. I heard Flus after the game talk about the fact that they should have shot the gaps on that play when Cordell Cordell Patterson, you know, got the first down. But I don't know if you noticed, like, but, but Morrow and Sanborn were like switching spots and confused. So like there was a little bit of disorganization there. Those those things that that concerns me a bit. If we're gonna lose and continue to grow and develop, and Justin keeps getting better, okay. But I really don't want to see visor coach type, and I don't think we're anywhere close to visor coach type. I would agree. Discipline, but I I don't want to see that stuff start creeping in if we're going to be losing games. It's tough because Iberflus, this is his first season, and there have been times where I have said, man, this is a well-coached football team that just has no talent. Today, sorry, the last two weeks, that has not been the case. You're facing teams with similar talent deficiencies, and you've gotten out-coached. You know, you've said it, and this is, I think it's been the theme of this season, and it's not going to be linear. It's not going to be linear. It's not going to be linear. And... You know, I'm trying to remember that, but like defensively, they played better, but they just like there were just several times throughout this game that you're just going, wait, what? Why Why are you doing this? Like, I I don't want to get into it too much because it'll definitely play into the outhouse and the penthouse today. But Luke Getze, that I, I I've been like the Luke Getze fan club like when we went on the roar of the lions to talk to those guys, like you heard me, like it was like Luke Getzey and Justin Fields, same page, same page. It's like, bro, your quarterback is hurting. You got to do something else. What do you do? Oh, you're going to keep running the football. Oh yeah. That sounds like a terrible freaking idea. And I'm, I, I, I just, it was, it was coaching malfeasance. Like this was just, it was bad, bad coaching. It was. And especially, you know, if his non-throwing shoulder is, is injured, which it, I, I have a bad feeling about that shoulder. That did not look good. Uh, separated is what I'm going to guess, but hopefully bruised. Um, you make a great point, and that is about coaching and about Getsy. Maybe it was a jinx because they're talking about all week long in the media him being a candidate for head coach next year, and you know getting yanked away from the Bears, and and maybe he. I, I doubt it, but you know they, somebody might say, well, maybe he read too much of his 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 own press. Uh, again, I like to talk, try to talk about specifics. Fields talked after the game about like what was Atlanta doing differently uh, than previous defenses were doing. And he said one of the things that the, the defensive ends were doing was they were A, bracketing, and B, anytime they were running any time of, uh, of option, the defensive ends were, were attacking the mesh point. So instead of making a choice between am I going to take running back or am I going to take Fields, they just ran as fast as they could at the mesh point. So that makes the read super difficult for fields to make. Okay, now how do you adjust? And that's been what our team has been good at, especially in second halves, you know, adjustments. But I didn't see an adjustment. And then the last thing I would say about coaching that was bothersome was once again, we have a trend here of the end of the first half time management. Oh my being, God. Being crap. So I mean, I'm not ready to like chuck floose. But I, I just and here's the other thing, the buy is really late. That's gotta suck. They're getting banged up. They're pretty tired. I think it was hot. I think a lot of dudes were cramping. Uh, I'm not trying to make excuses. I think it's difficult. They've lost several games in a row. He's got a really tough job right now to keep those guys on board and on track. 
And I think overall, he's still doing a pretty good job. My only point is I do not want to see those types of small things go by the wayside because we were at least maybe losing and seeing progress as a squad before. Justin Fields can't carry this team every no. single freaking week. No. He he. Okay, at the middle parts of the game, maybe as they're getting like towards the end of the third quarter, he looked tired. He looked like guys, I can't do this all. And there was a couple times, and it was so interesting as you're talking about those those read option plays where he's got that that ability to to run or to to pass. And I'm watching, just going. You know, they, they showed a, a screenshot or or just like a little bit of like the replay from a different angle. And you go, that guy's not open. That guy's not open. That guy's not open. Like Justin Fields was running, I think, more in this game because he had no choice. Now, I know we've talked a lot about that this season and his his passing numbers are pedestrian, but but nobody's getting open. So but I'm also wondering, too, like Chase Claypool found ways to get open in pit. And like, I know he's still learning about that stuff, but like. Is it is it scheme? Are they just expecting to block? Like, what's going on? Why are dudes just not getting open? It's a great question because I, I do think there were plays where Fields appeared to have time to throw. As bad as the offensive line played, which we'll talk about, I think, in some detail, there just seems to be moments where he's hanging on to the ball. And it's curious as to why. Our guy, Shells, who was there, said straight up, wide receivers weren't open. Yeah. So, I mean, I think to your original point, I don't, I can't remember a time in which uh, I can remember a single player putting a whole team on his back. Like we saw Justin Fields try to do today. And that's not to say he played flawless. He didn't have a, a great game, but he carried the bears today. He was the, I think like, I mean, they, they just, let's be, let's face it. They, they wouldn't have been in the game if it weren't for Justin Fields, not even close. David Montgomery is should catch that football. Now the first one along the sidelines where it, like I thought, oh my god, that's a great catch by David Montgomery. And then you watch the replay and you go, no, it wasn't. Literally, Justin Fields hit you in thrive in in stride rather, and all you had to do is put your hands out. And then when the game is on the line, Justin makes a slightly high throw. It wasn't perfect, but it is a position of if you're an NFL running back, right? And in the flats, like you need to be able to catch the ball, like in those, those intermediate throws. And he put it on his hands, hits off and gets intercepted. That's not on him. And oh, by the way, the freaking referees missed a hit to his head like what does he have to do like i don't understand like that well people are like well he's not aaron Rodgers and he's not pat mahomes and once he's there then he'll get the calls how does that make any sense to anyone like i'm actually getting like heated again just thinking about it it's like are we protecting quarterbacks or are we not protecting quarterbacks because you know what dude like if you're you know it's a third string quarterback which obviously justin fields is not a third string quarterback but if it is and he gets hit to the head and you don't make that call that kid he might not be playing football again what's he gonna do right you're taking shots on his head like i was furious that's the first time this whole season where i literally got up and yelled profanity at the, at the tv because it, it what are you what are we doing why does justin fields not get those calls it was so obvious it was a late hit it was a hit to his head and you know i'm not so sure he wasn't concussed now obviously the doctors will take a look at it and they'll see but I just, I'm Jack, I'm pulling my hair out. Like, what does this kid have to do to get those freaking calls? 
it's inexplicable. I mean, you, you nailed it. It's inexplicable. And what's really wild about it is a lot of times it's, you know, it'll slide and then it's like one, 1,000. Yes. Two, and then boom. And and so then it's so clearly obvious. You're thinking, oh, there's going to be laundry. No doubt there's going to, I don't know. It, it, it's inexcusable and it's a double standard, like you said. So I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. I have no, I have zero explanation for it. It's egregious. The the thing that gets me is again when people are we may not even talk about the quarterback specifically, but people are like, ah, when you're a three and eight football team, you don't get those calls. That why why you call the game fair, call the game a fair game, and they did not. Now the Schofield one where they called holding, I'm like, okay, I can kind of see it. Hands get outside a little bit, you know, but really, I didn't think it was a hold. But you know what? You're like, okay, every once in a while I'll see it. But there are a couple that you're just like. Guys, like you are literally watching it right in front of you. Like, how do you how do you miss that? And that is one if if it is the goal of the NFL to protect quarterbacks and to protect its players, and especially with hits to the head, that is inexcusable. And those refs, nothing will happen to them. They will go about their business and they will call a game next week. That is I, I I'm I'm still mad. I can't even think of the word. That's just it's just it can't, we can't have that. What do we do? Do we just keep on adding up the apology letters from from the league office like what that in a bag of chips gets you freaking nothing like I, I don't understand like why it is it, we talked about you know briefly in the office this week and other people it's not like it's an original thought but I mean you're making billions of dollars NFL Roger Goodell hire full-time officials why not hire full-time like, officials. It's, it's time it's time to do it. And guy, you know, like this is this is their their premier job. This is the thing that they're supposed to be focused on doing. I just I hate, hate that we're talking about the refs yet again. Now, this is one where I don't think they cost them the game necessarily. I'm more pissed at player safety. As you know, my wife happened to be watching the game with me and she's like, Hey, I'm sorry the Bears lost. I know you're upset about it. I'm like, no, I'm I'm actually not as upset about the loss as I am about like protecting Justin Fields. And and that's the part that has me so lit up. Because right now he's the thing that we've got going for us, and he he clearly needs to be protected. Listen, if you're looking to just piss off your mom or your grandma, if you're just like if you got a death wish, then don't get your hair cut for Thanksgiving, or don't get your hair cut for Christmas. But if you want the hugs and the sweetness and the best parts of the turkey on Thanksgiving, then go get your haircut at Sheridan's. And remember, you want to get in there now. Uh, Talked to Will a couple weeks ago. If you want to get in for the holidays, you're going to need to go and make sure you make your appointment soon. They've even added an extra barber so that you can get your Sheridan's Barbershop located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 68 years. With six barbers, open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go to SheridansBarbershop.com or you can call 630-668-0137 and book yours today, Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. I'm really, really bummed that Brendan isn't here because Brendan's breakdowns for the last couple of weeks have been stellar and they made me laugh. And and honestly, it, Jack, I'm not saying that you can't make me laugh because, you know, you definitely learn, you know, you know how to do it. But... I just I'm missing his breakdown of this game, though. Also, at the same time, I don't think I want to relive this game in any way. No, but you're, I was thinking about that. The, the last two weeks, I specifically told told my boys, like, if you if you didn't listen to anything else, just 
make sure you listen to the breakdown because it's, it's I mean, it's honestly super funny. Like that dude could maybe win some awards. Yeah, seriously, so, those they were that good. The po- podcasting awards. I wonder if if the Bear Down Chicago podcast is in consideration. If we are, that would be awesome. Uh, all probably right, probably so- up for best host, just like Sean <laughs> Pace. Right, that's just so funny because the other two also host the show. They're not up for it. What a so uh, smart list. Yeah, that's that's dude. That's a it's a really good one. They've had a couple of really good guests as of late. Um, okay, I want to ask a question before we go outhouse penthouse. Before we go true false, I'm going to give you four four positions, Jack, and I want you to pick uh, the first round draft pick and the second round draft pick. So you've got to pick the order of of how like the importance of these positions so you have to draft one of these four positions offensive line defensive tackle wide receiver pass rusher and so my question to you jack is round one are you going o-line defensive tackle wide receiver pass rusher or you know what you know what hey it's just the two of us let's throw in linebacker into that one too because they don't have one of those round two are you going to sign an offensive lineman defensive tackle wide receiver pass rusher or linebacker so jack talk to me those rounds one and two what are you going to do a couple of factors that i think are important is is one and i, I was searching around just a bit to see and it's uh, i think you know like the jacob and fontes they are so much better versed in this but I do. I would like to see like depth of position strength, right, in every single position, and see which ones are especially deep. But I mean, if you just kind of take a look at the preseason, like Pro Football Focus, um, top eleven, um, you've got your, you know, it's it's quarterback, edge, quarterback, edge, offensive line. I think there's three or four edge rushers even in the top eleven. So s- suffice to say, I'm going edge rusher. If there's a if there's an Aiden Hutchinson version two on the board. Somebody that you know is going to be a bona fide instant uh, first year type of impact player. Like, Dang, is he good? He's so good. Um, then I go edge rusher. Where do you go? Oh man, I go back and forth. I, I was think we were talking about this before we hit record. I was thinking a little bit like offensive line has been more than serviceable, especially in the, in the run blocking uh, over man, pretty much the entire season. But this was like next level bad. And I know like, Hey, Atlanta's got a, they've got so, you know, a pretty good front seven. Like that's one of the things that they do well, but, but wow. Like that, that there Justin Fields got beat up for the entire game. So I'm kind of I'm stuck between offensive line and defensive tackle for that for that first round draft pick because I think if you can make a difference maker somewhere there, um, I'd probably go there uh, and then pass rusher. But uh, okay, so here okay, I'm I'm wishy washy. I'm sorry, dude. You have to decide, Ryan. Okay, defensive tackle in the first round, pass rusher in the second round, and then maybe the rest of the picks will be offensive line and wide receivers and nothing else. I, man, I don't, but you also need some linebackers, bro. This team is, there's a lot of holes. Ooh. So I was going to go. Yeah. So I think I would go edge rusher. And then personally, I think I would go offensive lineman. I, I do think that they're going to be in a great position. looks like maybe a top five pick and they're going to be able to leverage the fact that, you know, people are going to want to bright. They're going to want Bryce young. Uh, they're going to want CJ Stroud and we have our quarterback. And so, and we have what a first round, a second round, a third round. If we can, if we can add another 
first or second or third rounder, that's going to put us in an, in an excellent position. Here's the other thing about and I, the question is a great one, but what I really think Poles has done to the complexity of this question is that he works all angles. So there are going to be there are going to be free agents. There are going to be you know guys that aren't going to end up signing with their teams for whatever reason, and, and I, so he's going to fill those positions in whatever method he feels is best, whether that's free agency or through the draft or you know maybe he'll just like make one because he's Ryan Poles and he, I think so far he's been a genius. So let me ask you this, Jack: Is there? Uh, it's it's round one the bears are in the top five top 10 whatever it is and they're on the board they make a draft pick they don't trade down is there a position that you would be angry if the bears drafted that position in round one punter (laughs) come on dude that's kicker You don't, you don't, I mean, no, it's a great question. Trent Gill and Cairo, they're not going anywhere. Like our specialists have been pretty darn good. Patrick Scales can dance and celebrate a first down like nobody's business. That's so cool. I love that. You know, turnovers, whatever he's on that fumble. He was just like elated. (laughs) Dude, so cool. Yeah. If they drafted a running back, that would be poor choice you don't draft be, a running I would, back i would be really upset about that i would be mad i mean not not even like whatever the stable of running backs is or isn't yeah you don't like in today's nfl that's i just don't that's not what you do um boy i don't think so ryan like i think you could you could you could justify a corner an addresser rusher an inside tackle an offensive lineman uh, you know i think people have been clamoring for wide receiver and again i don't know the depth of the wide receiver class but my guess is you could probably wait a little bit and still get yourself a high impact wide receiver. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I can't think of besides running back or punter one I would be mad about. Quarterback? Yeah, that that one. Final I was, trade. I was thinking that would that would make me really, really, really angry. And then you know the other thing that I was getting really angry about, Jack, is that we're talking about the freaking draft, you know, yeah. and there are how many games left to play in this season. Right. But I'm the one that did it, so I can't be mad, or I can be mad, whatever. All right, let's do this. Let's go. Um, we're gonna go to the outhouse and the penthouse. So, Jack, it is time for the outhouse and the penthouse. Now, the outhouse and the penthouse is brought to you by our guy Jeff Cadwallader. Interest rates are up, folks. Prices are up. Is real estate dead? It's not. But when you have questions, Jeff Cadwalder with At Properties, Christie's International has your answers. Jeff's 15 years of experience have been featured in Chicago Magazine and even Forbes because of his commitment to his clients. To connect with Jeff, visit GenevaJeff.com today. Now, uh, Jack, we're gonna do we're gonna do a little snake draft-ish. We're you know what? Yeah, yeah, we are. We're going to do a snake draft uh, because we're going to go two. We're going to go two outhouse, two penthouse for each of us. Uh, so let's do this. So for the outhouse, I'm going to have you go first. I'll go second, but I'm going to follow it up by a second one, and you're going to finish it up with a fourth one. So does that make sense? It I does. Think I got the you. number The numbers clearly don't add up the way that I just said them, but you know what I'm saying. So there's we're both going to have two. There's like an algorithm in there that you just dropped and I <laughs> followed it somehow. I don't know how, but I did. Because I, I was, know you. I speak Ryan. I, I was told there would be no math. No math. So... So outhouse, and if you take the one that I want, I might I might stab you at work this week. So you're my friend, and I know the one you want, and so I'm not <laughs> going to take it, Ryan. You're a good dude. You're a good dude, yeah. Jack. Thank you. I just uh, I try to please. All right. So, buddy, who's in your outhouse? 
The offensive line was bad today. Oh. They were so bad. Uh, how about some statistical badness just to just to wet your whistle? They allowed four sacks for 25 yards. They allowed four pass deflections. They allowed five quarterback hits. Um, Atlanta had they have 13 sacks on the season. Four of them were today. Uh, I mean, Mustafer got a false start. Can you remember? I don't. When when is must when has a center gotten a false start? I want I don't want to derail you, but I literally tweeted the best block that he's had all season was the guy trying to catch the deflected ball. And I was like, oh my God, Sam Mustafer did a thing that isn't bad. He smashed that guy. Yeah, absolute uh. pancake. Nice job. So yeah, and then we talked a little bit before uh, we got on on the pod that just watching Schofield try to handle Woof. any type of uh, tackle and twist, uh, whether it was eat or tea or whatever, like pretty bad. So, you know, what do we have? We've got when they're at their best, I suppose, you know, they're the best run blocking team in the league, or at least we had the best rushing offense, but some of that might be fields. But when they're not good, they're not good. And so the offensive line is in the outhouse for me. I want you to know, Jack Wright, that I appreciate you very, very much for giving me an opportunity to just tell Luke Getze to go outside and just punch yourself. I what what were you doing? What were you thinking? Uh, like, like I I have been your biggest like fan. And then we talked about it earlier. I've been your biggest fan, but like what you did was egregious. Justin Fields is hurt. He's tired. He's cramping. So what do you do when the game is on the line? You run a, a quarterback run? Like back-to-back plays? How does that make any sense whatsoever? Then he takes a shot. And I mean a shot, right? Like, And, and that first, sorry, the first run, you takes a shot and you said, I'm going to run him again. I, are you trying to get him hurt? I don't understand. Jack, I'm sorry I'm lit up. Like I'm like actually worked up about this. I'm actually frustrated. I'm actually angry that 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 you're taking this. We finally have a quarterback. We finally have a guy that you look around and people go, I want to play with this guy. He is a, he's a he's a playmaker. He's special. And then your response is to, ah, let's get him hurt. Let's see what we can do. You know, let's just throw him around like a like a like a resource. Like, what the f- what are you doing? I'm, I'm so angry, dude. You're like it worked up into a proper lather. I can see it. If, if people people could see me, which folks at some point that may be an option. We're just you know hinting Ooh. a little something something that's what that they call them a business a tease. Yes, yes. Uh, that there may be a uh, you know a, a bear down Chicago podcast something going on. But we'll just say that um, uh, you know I. He couldn't just, get into a rhythm at all. Like the I, entire game was super strange. Like and he just had a complete inability to get into a rhythm. My, my, and I tweeted this, hats off to Atlanta. I think they honestly, they had a really good game plan. They did some really good things. But Luke Getze did nothing to respond. And I do wonder how much of the anemic passing offense is on the wide receivers and how much of it is scheme. And I don't know, man. Uh, my second one is going to go to, uh, I don't know if this is Getsy, if this is Claypool, if this is Justin Fields and ability, I don't know what it is, but Chase Claypool, it's time, bro. We need you. You're not there. I, 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 and I don't, I don't know if it's his fault. 
that he's just not getting the targets, if if he's just not getting the plays, what's going on? But uh, heard earlier this week that that he had learned the offense and he's finally at the point where they don't need to give him specific calls at the end of Justin's play calling. Like, hey, like he's got the whole entire play call and then it's like, hey, Chase, you're going to go and do this. Um, but you had three targets, two receptions for 11 yards. I, I you, you put a second round pick out for this kid. It's time to start using him. Two games in a row that he's been practically invisible. The other outhouse for me would be the defensive line. Right? How many how many fingers and toes do I need to use to count up Bears sacks today? What that would be a zero, Jack. Would that be a big fa- again? I none. I don't need. Yeah, I could just keep my hands in my pocket and my feet in my shoes uh, <laughs> talking about right now but anyway uh zero sacks <laughs> zero sacks uh a quarterback hit uh, and a pass deflection i mean we know that they got basically gutted in this process of rebuild that's bad like, again i mean every time they mentioned you know atlanta's rankings whether it was red zone defense or sacks or pretty much everything, they were at the bottom of the league in just about everything. And that D-line was, I don't know if they got off the bus. Uh, The taco, uh, he didn't really show up at all. You know, they showed him out out wide. You're thinking, okay, maybe you'll get a, no, no pressure whatsoever. Uh, They tried to have Jack Sanborn blitz twice, that didn't work, got blocked really bad. And yeah, there's just, it's, it, I am going to be curious because I think Alan Williams gets a second season. I do, but you know, when, when he has some better players, uh, does that adjust, you know, does that change? Cause what's working? There's not a lot working right now for this defense. And they look like they're a little bit desperate because they are changing their ideological stance on pressures because they, you're right. They were clearly bringing pressures late in the game. They brought the house in an attempt to try to stifle uh, the uh, Atlanta offense. And that didn't, I mean, it didn't come close to working to be frank. Now, Jack, can we both do two trips to the penthouse? There's little teeny shreds of goodness. We'll we'll, we'll find it. Right. Okay. So I think, I think that means that I, uh, that I'm going to go first this time then you'll double up and I'll and I'll and I'll finish this um I, you know I don't think he's the best that's ever been but Cole Komet and and I think you know Patrick Sheldon uh because he was seeing it live and I saw the game on just a little bit of a delay said I owe Cole Komet an apology I read that text and then I saw the play happen and I was like Wow, dude, you do. You're talking about how the fact that that Cole Komet doesn't have the athleticism to whatever. That was a freakish catch, which is why I am, you know, I we've talked about this. We talked about this with an NFL tight end, that it takes time for those dudes to develop. You have to learn two systems. You have to learn offensive line blocking and you also have to learn pass catching routes and all that stuff and oh by the way he's now in a new offense so you have to learn both of those for a new offense it is not an easy position to play and i just think that that catch alone he he's becoming quickly justin's security blanket and i want to see where he goes from here 
and four targets again. It's just it's an odd thing when you see someone have a couple of breakout games. What do you have? Five five touchdowns in two games, I believe. In three games, yeah. In three games, and then to have, but you know, as I'm looking at that, just as an aside, there were only 19 targets to go around for the whole game. That's that's not a lot of targets. It's just not a lot of distribution to have success in the passing game. Agreed. Yeah. So Jack, who's who's in your penthouse? I'm curious, my dude. Well, I think Darnell Mooney had a a good game. It was clear that they tried to focus in on him early in the game and they wanted to give him targets. He ended up with five targets. He had four receptions for 29 yards and his touchdown catch was, was, was a very nice catch. I thought it was a great, great toss, a great catch. And you know, I've, you've heard me on this show. If you listened even twice harp about the fact that we don't have any type of a, a, you know, a number one receiver or even a number two, who seems to find the end zone. So anytime a wide receiver gets in the end zone, I'm excited about it. That was a, it was a good day by Darnell Mooney. I seldom if ever start him in fantasy BT dubs. And I, I did today. So let's yeah. go. All right. So then who's that second uh, penthouse you got for us, Jack? I've got two that are like, neither of them are over, overly significant. You know, maybe I'll come back to the other one later if we do nuggets, but I do think having Dante Pettis catch punt returns has been a, a very nice upgrade. I have zero nervousness. We may not get a ton of returns, uh, you know, that are significant or game changing when it comes to field position, but he clearly is decisive when it comes to you know choosing when to fair catch, choosing when to field it choosing when to let it go over its head and, you know, go into the end zone. He, I mean, I think he batted a thousand in terms of those choices today. I didn't, I didn't see a mistake. So that's, you know, it's a little thing, but we've seen it be a big thing. Haven't we? We've seen it cost the bears games. It's funny, just special teams. There's just been a handful of plays that have been game changing plays this whole season. No, I think I think Dante Pettis is a good one. He's he shouldn't be your number one or number two receiver. But I think every once in a while to put him out there, you know, as as a receiver, like he's made a couple decent plays, a couple good catches. But yeah, as a as a punt returner. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, you're in a good spot. Um Jack Sanborn and I and I I think I owe this dude just a tiny bit of an apology when we were on the roar of the lions with those guys like and un you know drafted rookie free agents Jack Sanborn I think this dude's a player and I think this is a guy that will be back next season he may not be your starting middle linebacker but I think he's going to be in the in the con- competition for it. I, I think he's going to be in the conversation for a starting linebacker position. And I think rightfully so. You know, there were a couple times where he wasn't perfect. Um, but, you know, uh, I cannot think of the Falcons tight end. Uh, he Correct. chased him outside. I think maybe chased him outside. Well, I thought this guy's got a first down and, and Jack Sanborn had him just a yard or two short. Uh, he's playing special teams. I, Jack Sanborn, that kid can play. I, I, or sorry, in the words of Jack Wright, that dog can hunt. Uh, and so I want to. I want to well see played. more Jack. I want to see more Jack Sanborn. And uh, you know, I just I like the opportunities. 
I don't think this kid gets these opportunities on a good football team, but because he plays for the Chicago Bears, which is an abysmal football team, he's getting a lot, a lot of attention. So I, I good for him. Good for Jack Sanborn. You're a guy that is around the ball all the time, in my yes. opinion, is a guy you want. I mean, from the preseason, he, he seems to force a fumble, get a pick, or recover a fumble just about every game. That's a guy you want on your team. He's got instincts. He may not be the physical specimen that everybody wants, but but if a guy can continually put himself in the right place and make plays, that's a guy I want to see more of. So you know what? I'm I'm actually, you know, I, I have been wondering a little bit if, if Roquan was on this team, if Robert Quinn was on this team, you know, would their record change at all? But then again, I go back to, but then Jack Sanborn doesn't get a shot. And and this guy might be, he, you know, we'll see what he does next season. Jack, we have some killer true false for this evening. I am so bummed that the other guys cannot be here. Logan Bradley, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Shagru. I wish you guys, if you're listening, which you better be listening, by the way. Uh, if you guys were here, I just, I would love to get your thoughts on this. So let's do this, Jack. And I think this is going to be a tough one for us because I know how we felt about it beforehand. So it'll be really, really interesting to see where it goes from here. Our first one is going to Jeff Coleg. Jeff, I apologize if I said your last name wrong. It is at J-M-C-O-L-E-G-G. True or false, the Chicago Bears should have hired Brian Dable. Obviously, Jack, for all of these, you're going to go first, and I will go second. Well, the Giants lost today to the Detroit Lions, who are on a three-game winning streak. So, what? Like, what? Right. <laughs> Say that again? Slower? Boy, what a great question. I'm going to say false, only because I am still here for Flus. I do, I do still believe that the way in which he has chosen to lead this team will in the long term prove to be a successful move. And when there is some talent infused in this roster, and if Getsy continues to learn and grow as a play caller, it's going to be a, an awfully nice uh, one-two punch. So, false. It's too early to tell. But you're asking me today, so the answer is true. I I think he is doing a whole lot with not a lot. I don't think there's a lot of talent on that New York Giants team. I think they're 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 doing well. Brian Dable is a guy that we wanted before things started and you know, I I I think Patrick Sheldon got me on the Matt Eberflus is a good coach and a good leader and all those things uh, for most of the season, but today it was it was bad. It was really, really, really bad. Now, obviously, as you said, you know, the the Giants lost. I think I'd rather have Brian Dable. And let's just say, you know, it's not going to happen this season just because, well, it probably won't. But if, if Getsy continues to impress other than today and he gets a head coaching job, then you're in that position where you're looking for an offensive guy. And I don't know, man, I just I, I haven't been overly impressed with the defensive scheme. So I just yeah, I'm going to say true. Do you think there's anything that we're going to look back at to the level of like, you know, Matt Nagy bad that's happening so far? Do you know what I'm saying? <sighs> I mean, but their 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 uh, ability or their consistency of losing close games, I think yeah. I think that speaks a lot about your coach. And you know, True. no you don't have the talent, but you, so the flip side is you could say they've been in every single game, but they found a way to lose. It's true. All these close games and that's 
you know, I think Matt Nagy sometimes found ways to win close games, but he also got blown out a lot because he was the visor coach and he sucked. All right. So this one came in from four different people. So I have to first give a shout out to Devore Nesby of the Three Kings of the Midway podcast. He's the first one that I saw this and I thought, oh, man, I sent a DM to him saying, hey, can I use this one? And then all of a sudden I looked and TJ Brooks, Scott Swartz and Mike Gus all basically had some iteration of the same one. The Chicago Bears should shut down Justin Fields for the rest of the season for his health and start Trevor Simeon. What do you think, Jack? False. And I, you know, I'm not this is not personal to any of those fine gentlemen who posed the question. But the thing I feel like I have learned with this regime is that these are the types of questions that we we debate and and polls and and fluce and, and Hallis Hall they they don't give any shits about what we think. I, I think they would probably go have a beer and laugh at this question. Now that's not to say there's it could have validity or veracity to it, I suppose. But here's the bottom line. It's false. If Justin Fields is healthy He's going to continue to play so that he can continue to grow. Using your line again, Ryan, he just needs more seat time. The more NFL snaps he gets, the better Justin Field is. If if he is injured, if he's like in a Tevin Jenkins situation, like you know Tevin Jenkins said, "Hey, I could go if you need me today. Uh, I can be the emergency backup." You know, and, and if you're vacillating at all, then you make Fields the emergency backup. And you play Simeon, but there's no, in my mind, sense to making a concerted effort of benching a healthy fields and, and playing Simeon. That doesn't make any sense to me. Now, normally, again, I think I would agree with you, Jack, but there is a part of me that is that is wondering. So I think I'm playing contrarian just to play contrarian as opposed to like really, really believing this. So I would say true that Trevor Simeon should be a quarterback for a little bit. I think Justin Fields is banged up. I think going against the Jets, that's a terrible football team that probably will beat us in a close game at the end of the game again. Uh, but I just, you know, I think that there are certain things where Luke Getze could learn a lot by having a very different quarterback. You know, obviously Trevor Simeon has starting experience and he is nowhere close to the athlete that Justin Fields is. And you may have to really try to develop some of those passing schemes, maybe more so than he wants to, especially with Khalil Herbert being on injured reserve for at least a couple weeks. So I, I would say yeah, I, I'm kind of curious to know what Trevor Simeon would do with Luke Getze as his play caller. Um, and I also I think Justin Fields deserves some rest. But I think your point is incredibly well made. Do needs reps. He needs saddle time for sure. Imagine, if you will, a Bears offense with no secondary plays from Justin Fields. No scrambles. No 68-yard runs. Just a an immobile quarterback. I take back my answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're gonna go back to scoring Think less about less, that. Fifteen points a game. Like I, I just yet again, like the Bears, you know, they scored points. It's and it's fun to watch points. I just I hate those those close losses. But yeah, no, I think there's been more than a few times where you're like, he made something. I don't it was we're, we're making a comparison again. I'm not saying he's Walter Payton, but what I am saying is that every once in a while, Walter would have a three-yard run, 
where he ran for like 35 yards to make that three yard run where there was absolutely nothing, but he made something out of it. And I think that's that Justin Fields has been doing a lot of that this season. Yes. This is from our guy, George. Turk Kyle George at various George 94. Uh, he is such a good dude. He uh, has his own Bears podcast. And so uh, just want to say, dude, thank you for submitting this one. True or false, the D line is more of a problem than the O line. True. They're, they're both, as we discussed today, in shambles. But I don't know how you can go against a team that's leading the league in rushing. I don't know if they will still be doing that. You know what would be interesting? I don't know if anybody's done it, Ryan, is what what do we look like in terms of our rank rushing offense-wise without Fields' yards? Um, Bad? I think going in today he had 770-something, so I think he's over 800 yards on the season and seven touchdowns. So I wonder what we look like without them but still I, I do think you know like there's been like Jones and Tevin Jenkins have proven themselves to be f- functional run blockers and the D-line is they're, 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 they're not an impact the leading tacklers for today were Brisker, Sanborn, Jackson Gordon and Morrow it's like there's no D-lineman in the talks Jack I've got another theme for you if it were any other night, I would totally agree with you. But this offensive line, it was a, it was criminal what you allowed to happen to Justin Fields. So, yeah, that's what I guess I'll say to that. Um, Fair enough. We got a we got a couple other ones, and this one hurts my heart. Uh, and I'm as I'm going to say it because I just think Jack about all the you know Patrick Sheldon specifically was talking to me about like. I could see the Bears winning like eight or nine games this season. And we're thinking like the Bears aren't going to be the worst team in the league. And like I kind of talked myself into it. I was like, you know what? I got the six wins. I don't think we're going to see six wins out of this football team. I, w- I would be really surprised if we saw six wins. There's a bad, bad football team. Bad football team. And so Mad Cap at NY Bear Fan, who's had a couple good ones over the last couple of weeks. The Bears are the worst team in the league. Oh, that hurts. Who's worse, Ryan? Houston is worse. The Carolina Panthers are worse. and But well, actually, they got a similar record. So, I mean, Houston Texans might be the only team that's worse record-wise. Yeah. So let's say, boy, Denver sucks too, don't they? They're Although not good. Defense is pretty good. Uh, the Bears are 3-8. and eight. The, Ram- the Rams? Ryan Who's, Dangle, who, the Rams. Who saw that? Who saw that coming? Like Three anybody? Seven. Okay, so they're not the worst. False. Uh, Panthers worse. Uh, Rams worse. <laughs> I think I'm just having fun with this now. Broncos worse. Texans. Texans are, are are one, eight and one. Just because they have a tie, they're worse. <laughs> Sorry, um, Lovey. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say false, and I'm gonna say this because some of those teams going into next season. I know we're talking about this season, but some of those teams going into next season, they don't have a ton of cap space, and they they don't have a premier playmaker at quarterback, which we do. Uh, so yeah, like I I saw so many Jets fans that kept talking about how he was better than Justin Fields. Like no. get 
out of here. Zach Wilson no. isn't he's he he's not going to be starting the the whole rest of this season. And you're somehow trying to argue that he's a better get out of here. Like what are you smoking, dude? Yeah, his off the field prowess I think is apparently more legendary than his <laughs> on field ability. <laughs> what I can by gather. whatever by whatever do you mean, Jack? <laughs> I, hmm, don't even I don't even know. <laughs> stuff. All right, so then this last one is mine, and I've been wrestling with this one. I'll be honest with you. I, I really did want to get the other guy's perspective on this, and I'm bummed that they're not here. True or false, the Chicago Bears are losing on purpose. False. I don't think so. I thought someone said the front office might be, right, because they're in a proper rebuild, but I haven't seen any level of throwing games or quitting. I think, which maybe makes things worse. <laughs> so we're actually trying to win these games and we're not uh, false. Yeah, I'm going to say false as well, Jack. But I also, I just part of me is just looking around, just going, some of this it just doesn't make sense. And if they're really trying to win these games, that that might be a pretty big indictment on this coaching staff. Mm -hmm. uh, I know. Again, we talked about this endlessly that this roster is hot garbage, but I just it, it this is just it's frustrating to watch. Okay, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this around for a second. Let's say the Bears go through the rest of their their games this season. Which let's take a look. So like next week we've got the Jets, then Green Bay Packers. Then Philadelphia Eagles, the Buffalo Bills, Detroit, and then Minnesota. Uh, you know, if they go the rest of the season and they win one more game, and the rest of those games they're they're in it somewhat, but then lose in frustrating fashion at the end. How are you going to feel about that? Well, I, I did you pick them over or under six wins? I said under six wins. Same. Ultimately, I don't think anybody wants to watch their team lose. Even if you are fully aware and thinking rationally about a rebuild and sweet, we have our franchise quarterback. I'm not going to feel good about having a season in which we win. I don't know, three, four, or five games. That's that's a low point. That's that's a valley. But I do think think about how much worse you'd feel if the arrow was pointing down. If it was still just an absolute shit show. You know, like you mentioned, some of the other teams that don't yeah. seem to have any real set future uh, or long term plan in mind. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's that's a really really good point, and if the Bears do win another Super Bowl in in our lifetimes, it's it's moments like this you're like, oh, no, I watched every painstaking moment of the 2022 season. I watched the 2019 season. You know, I I watched the you know the the Tressman era and all that other stuff. And if they Oof. do win it, then you can say no. You know what? I get to celebrate this more than the people are like, oh, Chicago's winning a Super Bowl right now, right? Like we we get to because we are we're 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 die hard. Um, I guess okay. If, if I if I do get to pick the only other win that's going to happen this season, you know the one that I want more than anything I in the world. Know. But I there's no way they're beating that team. Now, Aaron Rodgers is still good. Uh, even, okay, he's in the decline. That that's that's he's missing wide open receivers on a regular basis. Um, but he's still Aaron Rodgers, unfortunately. He's apparently playing with a broken thumb. I could see that. I don't know if that explains all of his shit throws, but I mean. So how bad is Jordan Love then? If you're going to play a quarterback with a broken thumb? <laughs> I'm mean, a Packer fan. Oh, my oh, God. 
He's so good. He's yeah, gonna yeah. he's gonna be so much better than Justin Fields, who's right. a running back. Stop it. Sure. Just stop. Okay. Just stop it. Just don't. Again, just don't do they, that. I just I, in my in my stocking for Christmas. If there's just a a long dearth of no quarterbacks in Green Bay, I'd be the happiest I'll have been in my lifetime. I mean, what do you like? Five to seven years. Give me five to seven years of just shit quarterback playing Green Bay, just so they can see it and feel it like we have felt it. It, it's, it's only fair. It's only fair. Like even, even the, the 49ers, you know, you go Montana to young and I, I know that, but then after that, like <laughs> Jeff <Yeah>. Garcia, <laughs> <Right>. bad <laughs> after bad. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really, really, really bad for a long time, which is how every NFL franchise has had it. Like you have bad quarterback play you, at two hall of famers back to back. You deserve just terrible, terrible quarterback play for a very long time. Are the Packers the only team in the league that we could say? Are they like are they on an island alone when it comes to having decades of solid quarterback play? Is there any other team in the league that has had that? Con- I mean, maybe Brady and the Patriots, but and it was Bledsoe before him, and he was Bledsoe good. was pretty good. Yeah, but I think it's it's honestly you're you're the conversation is Montana and Steve Young, and then it's Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. No yeah. other team has been that lucky, at least that I can think of. I know the Chargers have had good quarterbacks, but I don't yes. think they've had them that consecutive way. Um, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to think about the league. I mean, maybe Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, even though Andrew Luck didn't finish it up to some extent, you know, Andrew Luck was a damn good quarterback. Uh, right. But I, you know, I don't, you're not hall of fame level. Good. Screw you. Green Bay. Grr. I th- thanks for making me more mad than I Sorry. was before. Yeah, it is. Okay. All right. So Jack, I don't, I, you got a question for the two of us today. I do. I do. <laughs> you get to uh, your Ryan Poles, put your Ryan Poles hat on Ryan. Okay. I'm putting on my Ryan Poles hat right now. Here we go. You get to keep one starter on offense, one starter on defense for next year and a coach. Now you don't get to keep fields. He's off the okay. board. Okay. That's fair. You don't, you don't get to keep Brisker. Okay. On defense. Okay. Am I going first? You're going first. Okay. So player that I'm going to keep, that's, uh, I think we, we kind of had a, a somewhat similar iteration of this a little while ago. It's Tevin Jenkins. That's your best offensive lineman. And you know, you need someone to pass block and run block. I think Tevin Jenkins is a great run blocker and a decent pass blocker. And I think he can get better at it. So that is going to be my offensive player defensively. Ooh, Jack, that is slim pickings right now. And I can't pick Brisker. Cause Brisker is the obvious, you know? Okay. I guess I'll say this Eddie Jackson, uh, just because you got some leadership there. Uh, he, had, he, 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 it had a really big hit at one point in the game. It was kind of fun to watch. You know, I felt bad for for Pitts. He had to go low. Um, he had to go low because if he goes high, it's targeting. Yes, but you know, but I I I don't think it was going anywhere near his knee. He definitely was going to the thigh. I thought it was a clean hit, but he hit him hard. Which you know, I think we we talked about it a lot in this podcast. He, he he's had quite a few interceptions. He's he's had a he's had a good season. Not a great season, but a good season. I think that's someone you could have. Who who do you, Oh, and I have to have a coach. One coach. Oh. Man, normally it would be Getsy and I I, I would move on, Today but you hate him. 
I guess I guess I'll say Matt Eberflus <laughs> just because wow. I think I heard that he got a little bit more involved with the defense and the defense did look yeah, a little bit a little bit better this week a little bit but you know so no, a- no 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 I'm I, can I throw that one out please yep uh we did. uh Janoko, uh, Janico, the the quarterbacks coach. Quarterbacks coach. I, I think uh, I'd like to I'd like to see him stick around and you know develop something with Justin Fields and okay. they've they've got to have something going on at least verbiage wise. Yeah, I think that's a good core. So who All do you right, got? Well then, I'll try to choose others. I'll choose um, I'll choose Braxton Jones. I think he's going to continue to get better. That's a good it's, one. It's interesting, right? When you think like so, not Mooney, not Komet. I think you know my preferences when it comes to those uh, types of players and the level that I would like to see those types of players end up being. And those, those two guys are, are, are good. They're good, yeah. <laughs> but I'm hoping we get great at those skill positions at some point. And so having a left tackle is huge. He's, he's played, he's played okay. And for yeah. a fifth, uh, for a fifth round pick to play okay at left tackle, that's, that's pretty awesome. That's a pretty big win. I think, ah, oh, boy. You know, I guess. I, <laughs> why did I do this to myself? Yeah, it's tough. Well, I mean, I can because I mean, do, do you want to keep and extend Eddie Jackson? Do you want to keep and extend Jalen Johnson? Do you want to do, do you keep Jones as an interior line piece because he continues to rotate? So, oh. Kyler Gordon because he's a rookie on a rookie contract. He's going to continue to get better. He still is on the struggle bus. Uh, but yeah. Okay. So, uh, so I'm keeping Jones. He, he made good back-to-back plays, but he also had a couple that just, where are you, dude? Yeah. He certainly gives great effort, doesn't he? And that's not just me being like, Hey, good job. You're special. I mean, he gives great effort. And then I don't know, this may be a dumb pick, but I've been trying to follow Chris Morgan, the offensive line coach from the, the, the moment they hired him. And I just, I do think that eventually the offensive line is going to be very good. Um, and uh, it's just going to take a little bit more talent and a little bit more time. And and I think he's done. I mean, if you think about it, that was without question, besides the wide receiver room, the worst position. And we've had some, a relative amount of success over the course of the season when it comes to, when it comes to running the ball. So those are my three. Okay. Awesome. Well, Jack, it is time to get out of here. While I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed talking football with you, um, I'm bummed that our mystery guest was not able to make Me it. And, and so we're just going to leave that person's name out of there because yeah. they are a no-show. And so we're just we're not going to say anything bad about them. Another day. Another day. Uh, I'm also super bummed that we didn't get to hang out with Logan Shells or Shagru, but um, next week, next week they're they're back in action. Uh, we'll be talking about the New York Jets, J E T S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, all right, Jack. So it's time for shoutouts. Who do you got? So, and I, I apologize for the redundancy, but I just happened to stop by a a remote uh, that was right down the road from uh, our workplace on Friday night, uh, and Tom Waddle and Mark Silverman were there, and so I wanted to stop by and try and, and thank specifically. Sylvie for being on our show because that was a a nice gesture for him to give of his time to us. And as I've been saying, you know, with you, Ryan, and anybody else that will listen, they were they didn't hesitate to to chat with me. Like like they had known me for a long, long time. Really great guys. Easy to talk to. I talked to him for quite a while. 
I was I ran into <laughs> I ran into Waddle on the way out of the bathroom, and we talked again for you know quite a while. Just really good dude. So shout out to Waddle and Sylvie. Obviously, we are big fans of them. It's nice to have somebody in Chicago that you like to listen to because there are some other shows that we shall not mention that aren't quite as fun to listen to, as we all know. And then, oh man, Ryan, last shout out to my boys over there in Sycamore, the Sycamore High School Spartans lost to Nazareth Academy in heartbreaking form. They were a game away from going to the state championship. Nonetheless, shout out to Psycho, just an incredible season. And that's going to be some memories that they'll have for the rest of their lives. I'm glad that my my two boys were a part of it. I only wish that they they would be playing next week. So shout out shout out to the to the Psycho Spartans. I I don't want to be the guy in Illinois. They they allow private schools and public schools. You know, I'll, I'll just stop it right there and let yeah. people people say what they want to say about that. Um, I, I was bummed, dude, because I know it was a really, really close game all the way into the end. And uh, yeah, so just uh, a, a shout out to to Connor and Jack. Just awesome, awesome young men. And I'm I'm Thank bummed you. that their 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 journey ended. So, yeah, that uh, so cool to go downstate and watch. Oh, dude, absolutely. I, I would have I would have tried somehow someday yes. to get a babysitter and go with you. It would have been fun. Um, I got two shout outs. Uh, first one is to a guy gets a shout out all the time. Uh, but TJ Brooks, he's just such a good dude. Um, and TJ and I uh, had some DMS going back and forth, uh, trips to Chicago and all that stuff. And so TJ, uh, make it to Chicago. I want to, I want to feed you some, some good food and, uh, have you drink too much. And we're going to laugh a lot. That guy would be fun to drink with. He right? looks like a good time. <laughs> He does. Is it, is it the hockeying? Is it the Canadian? Like what? What's, it's what's the going? Beer. He drinks. <laughs> Our guy drinks. Yeah. So yeah, TJ, shout out to you, buddy. And then uh, the other one is Kevin Fishbane. Uh, Kevin Fishbane. There are a few times where I tweeted something, and then I go to look at my like my feed, and he's tweeted something like almost the same thing. But he obviously has way better resources. He's an incredible writer for the athletic he does such a good freaking job the one specifically that we both were harping on big time today was that late hit to justin field's head and he posted the video of it and he was lit up just like i was lit up so kevin thank you i know you're gonna listen to this podcast sorry i, I almost i almost got it out uh but uh just he he does great of course work he will of course uh, he will right he does great work and i just uh I, i'm a fan so shout out to him Folks, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If this is your first time, this is not indicative of what most of our episodes will be like. There are usually four guys, if not five guys, um, at any given time, talking bears, talking football with you. We laugh a lot. We joke a lot. We have a really good time. I think Jack and I were both frustrated a a lot about this team, uh, but hopefully gave you some, some good analysis for this week. For Logan Bradley, Patrick Sheldon, Brent Chagrew, Jack Wright, I'm Ryan Dangle, folks. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, bear down, Chicago.